Hello, everybody, and welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hash Rugby Chat brought to you by Driving Mall. Hi, I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, a YouTube channel for Twitter chat. Oh, I don't do that intro anymore, do I? No, that's the wrong intro. Do stick around. Lots of great comments, lots of great rugby chats to talk about. Uh, but yes, Driving Mall is the best place for predictions and opinion. Rugby opinion, obviously. That's what we're talking about. So, um, let me bring Ashwin in. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm in a warm room tonight, so um, yeah, happy, apart from my um, antique laptop that I'm using, and hopefully it hangs in there for the whole show. Let's hope so. Um, I need to bring my camera, my, my, my microphone back. It's going spinning all over the place. There we go. So um, you might think, might notice that I am a little bit more shady and a bit dark than usual. Um, that's because... <laughs> now, we were always, we used to you being shady all the time. Slim shady. <laughs> But um, that's because I'm by firelight tonight. I have decided to move my um, uh, studio downstairs uh, in the last uh, basically five minutes <laughs> because I have a fire going. And uh, you never know, I might even show you the fire um, before the end of the show. Uh, actually, actually, with all these cables, that's probably not a good idea, but it's over there. Oops. You, you can show um, the fireplace as we do the rolling credits, end credits. Showing end credits, well, <laughs> and I also drag my or my uh, uh, my chair and stuff across the room. Um, cool. So, um, yeah, welcome to Hash Rubbish Chat, uh, everybody. Um, hi, Christian, uh, Jack, Andre, and all the guys in the live chat um, tonight. Feel free to throw them in there. Obviously, if you put in, if you use the dollar sign at the bottom. Um, to use super chat obviously we'll definitely talk about your questions uh, but also you can talk about other questions you can just whack questions in and we'll take the best ones anyway so, so let's kick off then Ashwin what was your moment of the round of Super Rugby Round 15 well let's face it I think most of us were expecting our moment of the Super Rugby Round to come in Friday night's game but it didn't <laughs> so now nah, look um, oh look it's almost like it's we're on repeat Brody Ritalik in the Chiefs game He's just mammoth. I just love watching the big guy. And he looks like a smurf when he's going over for his try. <laughs> it's official. Ashwin likes big guys. There we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> especially ones that are painted blue. Blue, uh, he likes smurfs. <laughs> like smurfs. He's not a smurf. He's one of, the guy, one of those things from Avata. Just needs that big long tail thing to, to, yeah. to attach to stuff. Um, anyway, uh, that was cool. Yeah, he had a fantastic game. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go for the Haguaris on Sunday morning and their, their continued victories. That was um, that was very cool. Uh, so it's good to see them climbing up the table. And uh, if they win their game in hand, they're only a point behind the Lions. And that's going to uh, definitely uh, shake the Lions up and uh, make them pay attention. Their win at the weekend was key. And I guess that was the other thing about it was that was for me was actually having a couple of games that I didn't get right. So a couple of predictions that were wrong. Now, Normally, I'd say that's a bad idea because, hey, it meant I didn't win the TV on the pump for prizes. Um, but um, it does keep it interesting. Otherwise, it kind of get boring if it's just going to be the same, same old, same old um, the yeah. whole time around. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, look, um, if, if, if Brody Retallick becomes illegal to be used as the moment of the week, uh, yeah, for me, the, uh, the Hug You Jug You Worries were um, uh, the moment of the week after that because it's like, just, I think they're becoming everybody's second team, or a lot of people's second team. You, you like the way that they play, you like the passion that they have, and you want to see them carry on winning. And so every week it's just like, oh, yay, they won again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, from the chat, obviously, uh, Chiefs Royal game was great. Um, Haguaros win six in a row, so those are the two that we basically chose. And then Andre goes out and a bit, goes a bit left field and goes, moment of the round was the ease in which the Crusaders strolled past the Hurricanes. Unbelievable performance. Um, I, get, I get where he's coming from. We're talking the top two teams, and they made it look comfortable. But, yeah, not... Um, one for the rugby purist, maybe, is the, I guess is how, we, is how, you, might, how you might put it. Oh, look, no, it was, a good, it was actually not a bad game. Um, I, I think we're getting spoiled with some of the Derby games, particularly in, in NZ, and, and there's just this quality to the game that's just um, pretty you know exciting to watch but um, as I said we're getting spoiled but if you look at it with the conditions it was a good old fashioned sort of rugby game in the wet um, and uh, yeah was it was Andre that mentioned it, it was like he, the Crusaders did actually win that quite comfortably yeah 
Um, yeah, so, so yeah, that's Andre that mentioned uh, mentioned that one. Um, so I guess one of the um, down one of the negative things to the weekend was three red cards, uh, and for uh, for some stupidity by the players as well. It wasn't really very. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, you're not going to complain about the red cards, uh, but yeah, there was, there was some there was some pretty dumb play um, this weekend that. Uh, uh, that led that led to those red cards, and we don't want to be seeing that from players. This is supposed to be one step beneath international. Um, you know, you, you look. Um, I think when we look at our sport, it's it's still um, young in terms of a professional sport. It's starting to obviously clock up the years now, but you know, the reality is is that if you're a coach, if you're an in inverted commas air quotes, the owner of the club. You'd want to be going around and whacking these players on the back of their heads with some of their dumb plays because as, as a professional sport, you shouldn't make dumb mistakes. You can understand you might make a silly mistake, but not a dumb mistake. And, and some of these, some of these, um, heat of the moment type, um, errors, red cards, yellow cards are dumb mistakes. And, uh, when you're professional, you shouldn't be making them. It's a job. If we made them in our jobs, then we're asked, we, we're questioned on them. And uh, a rugby player is a professional worker. He should be hauled, uh, pulled aside. And what's that about? Yeah, written warning, verbal so, warning. With that bearing in mind, when is a ban not a ban? <sighs> Sorry. Have you seen this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Um, look. <laughs> I mean, when is a ban not a ban? I, I think I can't remember if we alluded it to uh, alluded to it last week or whether it's actually part of this week's. Um, which player was it? I can't remember. My mind's gone blank. Who's got? Oh, actually, Kung Fu Fighter for um, the Highlanders. Oh yes, he got six weeks, but four of those are in an international window, so he gets two weeks. It's just like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, no, when is a ban not a ban? I don't, you just, you just get tongue-tied with the frustration with the way that, um, some of the bans are being handed down. Yeah, and so, I must admit, I missed that one, I'd, I'd forgotten that he had to, that, um, to look at, look up that one. So, Sharks captain, uh, decided to, uh, put his shoulder in someone's head, basically, uh, which, um, kind of got him sent off in red card, funnily enough, I mean, surprise, surprise. And, um, so they, he uh, um, admitted. He admitted it. Said very sorry, 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 and uh, submitted himself to the uh, review committee, who decided that uh, that it was a four-week ban. Now, four-week ban sounds right, uh, or sounds sounds appropriate. Um, it's not. It's not overkill. Perhaps a little high uh, for that kind of for for just for for, for rucking. Um, and we see some of the other things that have gone and, and got two-week bans recently, for example. Um, so. From that point of view, you're kind of like, ah, oh, that's been on the high side. And then you realise he's going to miss, well, uh, as they say, he wasn't selected for the uh, for, for the internationals, and so he may, may have missed some super sport rugby challenge games. Now, for most of those people in New Zealand, they'll be going, what? What, what? competition is that? <laughs> so, the um, super sport rugby challenge is what used to be called the Vodacom Cup, um, I believe, uh, so that is basically uh, the in, in South Africa they play uh, a bit like we have the the Meisterstein Cup, but they play uh, they they have uh, the Curry Cup, the same as the Meisterstein Cup. But then they also have another competition that basically is, is the same size in the Curry Cup without the Super Rugby players playing at the same time uh, during the Super Rugby season, and that's what used to be called the Vodacom Cup is now called the Super Sports Rugby Challenge. Um, so. Uh, it's basically yeah, it's, it's a level below below Super Rugby, um, and yeah, to me those games should never count for uh, bans. And, and they they have actually said, I mean, they have stopped that now. So in bye weeks, for example, um, club games that used to get counted don't count for bans anymore, and I believe pre-season games don't count for bans. But somehow um, games of three halves still do, which is again wrong. Uh, but that was that was last year. Um, I don't think we've got any people trying to use that this year yet we've Look, still got another it, round of rugby to go though 
it's simple, isn't it? Really, what they need to do, it needs to go back to being bands. The band needs to be um, games, not weeks. And the band needs to relate to the level of competition or above, not below. And that solves it, really. I've, well, yeah. I mean, so a game of three halves shouldn't count because it's not an official game. Yes, but to be fair, to, following the rules you've just used, mm-hmm. both are, is missing four international games. So it's the, the level or the level above. The fact yep. that he wasn't selected for them and was never going to play them anyway, he is still technically missing four games. Four games, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, you're always going to have an anomaly, I think, but, um, you know, out of, out of the, out of what the uh, options are, I think it's still best the best of the of a bad situation in terms of the yeah, games at that level or above, or you factor they say just games at that level. But then you know if you've got if you've got someone who's gone and done some absolutely despicable level of foul play, do you really want them playing in a level above? Shouldn't that be a punishment as well? Exactly. I mean, so, yeah. someone, so, someone gets banned for six months for, for eye gouging. The last thing in the world you want to do is see them playing international rugby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, good point. That, that's a good example. Mm. Uh, so you can't you, you can't go and do it do it do it that way. Uh, in, in football or in soccer in the UK, my understanding is uh, I don't know if it's still that way, but they one of the things they have done is that uh, is that the the bands count towards the competition that you're playing in. So you'll see these players who are banned for four games or three games will miss one game, play into play a, a European Champions Cup game. Then be, then be banned for two more Premiership games, which is just. <laughs> it, well, it, it helps to rotate the player and give them some rest, I guess. But that's about it. Um, it's which it, was going to happen anyway, most likely, isn't it? Because I mean, like, let's face it. Um, you, you look at some of the rugby um, competitions and, and the number of games that are played up in the Northern Hemisphere, and it's um, it's almost know, this, like this is in soccer. It's not in rugby. Oh, soccer, sorry. So, but it, it, even in soccer, it's, it's almost becoming like basketball where there's like two to three games a week and therefore there's no way that a player is going to play two to three games a week so you are doing quite a heavy rotation. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's all a bit crazy. The what, what, Whilst like, the, Andre says, yeah, they, they, they check the internet, well, they do check the international windows before uh, and buyers before sentencing. Um but this is ridiculous. Where players who aren't going to be selected for internationals uh, have gone away with four weeks of bans is crazy. I mean, that, that, uh, and for those of us who are trying to say that we are um, parochial uh, Kiwis going anti-South Africans, we also agree that the, the Kung Fu fighting Highlander player should also be missing a proper six weeks, not just two weeks and then uh, yep. and, and, um, and four rest weeks that he would have had anyway because there's no way he was ever going to be playing uh, international it, it, rugby. And to be fair, I think uh, the, the two of us in particular have um, been sort of mocking Sanzars and New Zealand Rugby Union position on player safety and protecting the player um, when they make ridiculous um, judicial calls like two weeks for Moody and two weeks for Franks when they're attacking the player's heads. And, but, but we want to protect the player and, you know, concussion and all that. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, it's the inconsistency that really upsets us all. Um, yep. Like, uh, again, uh, World Rugby. Oh, yes, we... Um, and I, oh, this is a topic we haven't got on the list, but we should talk about. Um, Nipplegate. <laughs> Have you heard this one? Well, I've heard that the new rule coming in, um, and although I'm not a fan of it, somebody explained to me couple of days actually Pierre who joined us for the first time on uh, our All Blacks edition uh, a few weeks ago and we were talking about it and he pointed out some very obvious facts uh, in the position that players will get into how are you going to um, judge how's the referee going to judge whether that deems to be a high tackle because it was below the level of his nipples when the fact that his chest was below his hips um, sort of scenario and it's just like ooh I hadn't thought of that that's a good point because the reality is, is most rugby players are pretty aren't going to be top level rugby players if they're running in a very upright fashion they're going to be crouching in some manner as they either approach a tackle or even if they're running downfield so their nipple line is going to be varied 
that, well, that, yes, the nipple line is going to be varied anyway because people do have different nipple levels. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, now we're expecting that most obviously professional football, fo- professional rugby players will be rather put, but there are some, uh, uh, there are, there are some, in, in, some, some gentlemen in the, in the club game who may be a bit yes. more, who may be sacking a bit more. Anyway, yeah, sorry, that's, that, that you're going um, to want to select your older members of the team because they're going to have saggier <laughs> boobs and therefore their nipple line is going to be lower. <laughs> um, man boobs are talking about here, but it's pretty clear. Yes, yes, um, yeah, yeah. The, um, uh, but <laughs> no, we're being sexist by only talking man boobs. Just saying. Well, maybe. Uh, but <laughs> so there are uh, so um, for a little little known fact that this this rule has been trialled before. Um, can you remember which competition it's been trialled in? I thought it was just trialled recently in uh, competition. I don't know which it was. I just. Just recently finished. I know. I'll have to say no. Okay, so two years ago, uh, they had this law in pro rugby over in the USA, and they, oh, okay. and they actually had a red line on the players' jerseys to indicate where the average nipple would be. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so that the referee had actually had got a, a gauge as to where the line was. Uh, so, I guess that's going to be part of it. Uh, do teams with hooped jerseys have an advantage or have a disadvantage now or an advantage? Um, as to telling where the height of these tackles are. Um, now, I don't know. Um, so, yes, yeah, so Georgia, who are playing for... Ex- actually, do Georgia? No, no, Georgia don't have hoops. But if Japan are playing in the under-20s, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think whether, they, whether they're... I don't think they're in this year. Um, then, uh, then yes, yeah, so that's also... Um, that's also about it. Um, Shard NZ, short players may finally have an advantage. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um Trying to get, to go back and be actually a bit more serious about some of this stuff. Um, obviously, they, they brought the, the the new tackle laws in uh, around uh, striking the head and how it all becomes a yellow card. And you're like, well, let's be honest. It, for when when the forwards in particular are bashing away at the try line, uh, this one's they're pretty much head nose diving straight into the grass anyway. So how do you avoid the head? And well, the, the best example was. Um uh, Chiefs Crusaders game where uh, was it uh, Lachlan Boshier you know the players I can't remember which player the Crusaders player was diving at the line and you haven't got much of a target zone when the player's diving at the line if we if we, if we took him as being a full Superman position there is no way you can tackle the player because there is his head's in line with his nipples in line with the rest of his body where you can't tackle him you can't, and I think what what we've seen is that referees basically are ignoring the head contact tackle rules when players are diving for the for the, for the try line, on the whole. And uh, that that yeah, if, if if you are going to put yourself in a horizontal position and charge head first, then if your head makes contact with somebody, then you've got to take some responsibility for that. Yeah, but see, here's the problem, right? And th- and that comes back to a comment that you made re- just not too long ago. Um, it's a consistency because we go back to the incident I'm talking about and the referee decides to have a look at it and Lachlan Bosch is in the bin. But as you say, generally a, a referee's not looking at it, but that's that problem with the consistency. And then for the players to know and to understand what's going to happen and what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. And they really don't know. No, they don't. Uh, and Japan are in the under-20s. Uh, um, yeah, I was just Googling it. I was trying to look at it. But I keep... Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Christian, thank you for that. Apparently, they're playing uh, New Zealand in the opening round, uh, in the opening game. Now, uh, uh, quick free tip for you there: New Zealand are going to win that one. Um, but um, the <laughs> yeah, they obviously play in hoops, so that's going to give the referee an idea as to where that nipple line is, and he's he's basically going to choose the stripe that's closest to there um, and use that. All the other teams who have, like New Zealand, a solid black jersey. It's going to be much more harder for him to decide where that line is, and so we may see that incorporate. Obviously, New Zealand uh, are going to um, rightly, oh well, are going to object to any line being put on for their the blackest of most black ever jerseys. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to see if that becomes part of the um, uh, part of the part of part of the, part of the laws that you have to have a strike across your jersey to show the referee where where, where the appropriate height is. The referee could get confused with um, anybody but the All Blacks in terms of New Zealand teams because they're going to have three stripes on their shoulder. 
yeah, you've lost me on this one. <laughs> well, we're talking about stripes and where they're being struck, because it's like, oh, hey, look, there's nipple lines on his shoulder. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the one, two, three. Yeah, yeah, the, the Adidas stripes. Oh, the Adidas stripes. Oh, come oh, on. Dearie me. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, calling just... it back to serious, seriousness. Absolutely. Bring it all the way back to seriousness. Yeah. Now, sorry, I'm, I am going to take a... Uh, how about you just do a little ad break as to how people should subscribe and all that kind of stuff while I throw a log on the fire? <laughs> throw another log on the fire. So... Let's remember, don't, if you're listening on your podcast, remember to put it, oh, having it uh, subscribed so you can have it coming directly to your favorite podcast. Um, there's the uh, thumbs up and the likes, etc. the stars. Make sure you do that so that we've got lots of people liking our stuff. I did an awesome ad. You're fantastic. Loving your work, <laughs> sir. Loving your work. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's Nipplegate. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it, how it pans out. And I, I, we, we do need to protect the players. We do need to look at uh, player welfare. Uh, but I think that, that one, one of the studies showed that the players, that it's the tackling player who generally gets gets uh, gets head knock more frequently than the ball carrier. And I'm not seeing any new rules or any, or any uh, regulations around what the ball carrier can and can't do as to sort of leading elbows, leading short, leading arms, that kind of stuff. Uh, and also raising knees, because that's actually where the most of the head knocks and most of the concussions happen. So it's going to be interesting to see if they actually bring in some some laws at some point around how players can carry the ball, um, rather than how players can um, uh, rather than just yeah. purely on the tackling side. Look, it's I mean, it's a basically out of question too. I mean, there's, what we're basically saying is there's a few sides to it. We want to see consistency in terms of the uh, bans and how people are um, dealt with at judicial level. Um, obviously, with Nipplegate, you're wanting it's it's debatable whether it's actually needed to, personally, because the reality is is that it was below the shoulders anyway. If that is ruled and ruled consistently, then you don't need to keep dropping that tackle line level. Um, and then in terms of what you've just alluded to, the fact is that it's actually the tackle E, not the tackle, oh, sorry, the tackle E, not the tackle E, that's actually getting, um, uh, concussed more consistently, which actually, and then if you have a look at it, the reason is, is because real poor tackle technique. And, you know, that's what they have to address, is that why is a professional rugby player getting his head in the wrong position? Um, it's just crazy. It comes back to what we were talking about before in terms of dumb decision-making on the field or doing stupid things. You're a professional athlete. You, these are your bread-and-butter type things that you shouldn't be getting wrong, and tackle technique is one of them, is that you shouldn't be getting your head in the wrong place, and they probably have to do more work around that as well. Totally agree. There, there is definitely an element there that they need to get that, that sorted out. The... I guess, but I guess it's one of the counter arguments would be that the game now is uh, played at such a pace that do you actually have, do you get do you have the chance to set yourself and be in position to make tackles properly? I remember not that long ago when I when I tried to step back into the game, well, seven eight years ago now, um, and and play a game of sevens. Uh, we had a quick little tackle practice of basically kneeling on the ground, someone running into your shoulder. Uh, yeah, I I. Met, I Tried to make one tackle during the actual games got brushed off. So uh, I'm not sure how uh, whether nowadays you, that uh, whether players are getting themselves set properly for a lot of their tackles. Yeah, again, but that comes down to technique, isn't it? I mean, and the fact is that if you, um, you know, one of the things that we, we you talk about in sport these days uh, is muscle memory, um, and really, so therefore, it's it's about um, uh, the the numbers. So you've got to do here in training. You've got to do your tackle bag numbers or, or live tackle training numbers to start to get that muscle memory type concept happening so that you get into the right positions and you can, as you said, this, with the speed of the game, you, you can react quicker, etc. Yeah. Mm. I, one of my favourite parts of playing rugby was tackling. I love tackling. 
Well, I used to I used to love chuckling when I, when I was like twelve. Uh, <laughs> once I made it to my thirties, uh, yeah, less less fun. And now I'm in my forties, forget it. Um, no, touch touches touches only only for me. Actually, on that, on that note, I need to find a touch team for the uh, for the summer summer season. Uh, Andre says easy to get wrong. Archwin players are constantly moving, and five centimeter on the inside uh, means a hip bone against the head, instant concussion. So yeah, they are there are narrow margins, but we are talking professional players who are used to. Uh, working with narrow margins or within narrow margins mm. uh, so question four even though it's na- labelled question three in our notes should Sanzar be talking to fans more or are they right to leave it to the national associations oh look I think um, we've talked about this before uh, I don't think on air but per- you know just, just uh, between the t- ourselves is that rugby really <laughs> hey look it's a, it's a theme of today's show Professional sport for 20-odd years, still learning what professional sport is because their marketing for rugby is pretty much abysmal, really, when you compare it to uh, prof- professional sports that have been going for a long time. Um, obviously, nobody does it better than the Americans. Um, basketball's probably at the top of the game, top of the list in terms of how they market, and they access and they approach their fan base. Um, there is nothing stopping Sansa from doubling up in terms of engagement with the fans, even if the national associations are doing it. So basically the answer to that, yes, Sansa should be talking to the fans. National unions should be talking to their fans. Everybody involved in rugby should be talking to their fans a hell of a lot more than they are. Yeah, at the moment Sansa only ever comes out to rebuttal suggestions that someone's going to leave the competition, it seems, uh, or to say... or. Uh, judicial panel's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and even that generally comes out from the National Associate. Well, I think so. Anyway, so they, they, they don't seem to... There does seem to have been an element of, right, sounds like your job is to organise competition, but it, uh, the local uh, local um, associations, basically New Zealand Rugby, uh, Rugby Australia, and um, South African Rugby, whatever the, whatever those they ones are called, uh, basically have the have taken on the responsibility of, of marketing it internally. Uh, they say, no, we know our fans best. No, don't talk to them for us. The problem that's led to is that I don't think the organisations, the, the individual organisations aren't necessarily, don't necessarily have the same uh, views and the same drivers that Sanzar have. Sanzar is about trying to keep this competition together and, and keep the uh, keep it expanding and bringing in money, whereas New Zealand Rugby is about the All Blacks playing well. Uh, and that means that they have a different focus and their media, marketing and everything has a different focus and it's all aimed at the All Blacks. It's not aimed at necessarily uh, Sanzar. Andre well, says well, Sanzar are constantly getting it wrong. Uh, some consultation with with people out there would do wonders. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Is, I think it's yeah, follow up on your, on your comment. But I thought you were going to go back on, my, on, on what I was saying. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, no, I wasn't going to go back. I was just going to say, you know, the best example is, um, obviously, as you said, New Zealand rugby is focused on the All Blacks. We've talked, again, of something that I think we've talked about off air, not necessarily on air, um, and the fact that that's to the detriment of the game in New Zealand, we believe. Um, but I think Sands, um, that's, that's one thing for them. But it's not as bad as all the South African teams talking about going off to Europe. When you've got, so re- realistically speaking, Senza should be going out there and waving the rah-rah flags for the, their own competition and saying what a great competition it is and promoting it and uh, etc. to try and mitigate the conversations within the Republic of for the fact that every Super Rugby team is going to be playing in some European competition. So Andre says, how about a one-month poll to determine what people want, what the people want? Okay. The problem with that is that what the people want isn't necessarily financially viable, and that's what where New Zealand rugby actually has done a, a good job in the fact that they uh, they well they do put the All Blacks first. That, that's part the the main reason for that is that all the money that comes into the game is from the All Blacks. All the other sponsorship money at Super Rugby level is really um, charitable. It's just, it's just charity money. Uh, the, mm. the companies do not make money out of this. And something we were talking about the other night. So the Blues, uh, the the franchise with the biggest market in New Zealand, a quarter of New Zealanders live in Auckland. And one of their main sponsors is a potato grower. 
Right. Hey, and we're not but, talking but McCain be, oven chips here. Look, look, it, it, but just to be clear, quality potatoes, you know, don't want, you know, just in case the Urbana's watching. Oh, <laughs> don't quality potatoes. I love Harabana potatoes, and I love yep, the fact that I used to get. I, 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 I loved it when they would give you a, a free five kg bag of them from 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 the game. They are good potatoes. Don't get me wrong, but they're not exactly Morgan Stanley, are they? They're not. Um, or they're not. Uh, they're not. <laughs> Coca- they're not Coca Cola. They're not. They're not, uh, they're not Ford Motorsports. They are. They're not. At the end of the day, they're not a big um, corporation with serious money that is uh, that's backing this. They're a family company based out of uh, Pucano, uh, who actually in the Chiefs fran- franchise area, um, amusingly enough. But the and um, and basically, yeah, they're, they're not they're not big money at the end of the day, uh, and, no. they're, and they're doing it because they enjoy rugby. And they want to support the local rugby team, not because they're going to make lots of because it's actually it makes marketing sense. Now, look, I mean, in in one of the things that I've always sort of struggled with the concept in terms of the fact that Sanzar as a body should be going to someone like Coca Cola, that's a global presence, and therefore it is the Coca Cola Super Rugby competition, as opposed to in New Zealand, it's I think uh, you know X. Super Rugby competition in Australia. It's the Y Super Rugby competition in South Africa. It's the Z Super Rugby competition. It's the same Super Rugby competition, but called something different in each country. Um, whereas you go get a true global sponsor, and you can it would make a lot of more a lot more sense um, in calling it the Coca Cola Super Rugby competition in three countries. Yeah, or four, and that also probably makes it more confusing as well because let's. Country boundaries are breaking down. They don't really exist anymore, folks. Um, with, with with this whole social media thing, one globalization of, world. Exactly. One of my biggest, one of the biggest area places uh, for viewers over the last couple of weeks has been Argentina, um, because we, because I've been doing post match reactions to the Jaguars games, and there's a lot of interest at the moment in Argentina for a successful team. Uh, and um, here we are, based in New Zealand, speaking in English, so not even in their language. And still, one of my, I say, one of the bigger, uh, yeah, one of the bigger audiences that that that, uh, that that I've been broadcasting to has been Argentina. So, yeah, these national boundaries just don't exist anymore as far as marketing uh, really goes. If you're going to be, and so hence, as you say, putting in these cl- uh, local names doesn't work. Yeah. Vamos. Oh, thank you, Jack. So, Jack decided, as it says, the Investec, Vodacom, and Vodafone. Um, competitions um, around the world. Uh, so there we go. Um, so two phone companies and a, an investment company. Hey, look, and um, I, I think just in terms of, I think it was Andre that was alluding to the fact of that, you know, finding out have surveys with the fans. Here's here's the tricky thing, or not tricky thing. Here's the reality of the situation. When we're talking about fan engagement, it's a faux fan engagement. It's really just getting in your fans' faces and saying, "We're here. Look at us. We're great. This is a fantastic competition." Rah rah rah. That's what it's all about. It's not necessarily actually genuinely going out there and saying, "So, Andre, Jack, and Christian, how do you feel about the Super Rugby competition? What improvements could we make?" I think, but, but I say. So if if using social media as a as, as a guide, mm. I think if we were if Sanzo was to ask uh, the fans what do you want, they'd all go Super Twelves, please, because yeah. there's rose tinted yeah. glasses. That was supposed to be the best one. That was um, the greatest era. The greatest. Yeah, here we go. Um, so uh, obviously that means we throw out the Hagiwaras, we throw out uh, the Sunwolves as well, um, which have been two of the better stories this season. Uh, to be fair, uh, so there is a, there's definitely an element of that that, that um, what the fans want isn't necessarily what they really should be getting um, a bit like uh, uh, Jobs used to say Steve Jobs uh, that, uh, that he never asked anyone what's, uh, what products they wanted from Apple because he told them what they wanted he had a better idea than they did so I'm not sure that a fan survey would be a good idea personally uh, uh, so no, as I say, that's why it's it's really a um, it's it's an engagement that makes it feel like the fans being listened to, but the reality is it's all about the um, the fireworks, the excitement levels, the you know, and and pushing your product. Uh, 
out there and making everybody think like that's what they want. Doing what Steve Jobs did and telling people what they want. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I, but this, we're actually we're really really stumbling onto question four, five rather than question four because uh, yeah, this one's more about the thing. I, yeah, I think that the, that the competition itself, that Sanzar needs to, needs to stand up for itself a lot more. Uh, the problem is it, it doesn't really exist. Sanzar isn't an entity in itself. Sanzar is a collection of three, well, kind of four organisations now with with Argentina involved, uh, but that uh, that they have to then make make the decisions. A bit like World Rugby. World Rugby doesn't exist. World Rugby is a group of countries um, who have different numbers of votes depending on uh, how long how long they've been playing rugby for. Um, oh, you're talking about the IRB. The IRB. That's right. Uh, World <laughs> Rugby. Um, so the. Uh, so, and again, it's not a entity in itself, uh, and it's a group. It's, 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 it, just, it does what the group of, of of its of its constituents want it to do. If we compare that to how the American sports are run, uh, so you have the the NFL, NBA, etc. You all hear about fines being handed down from time to time and teams getting told off. Those teams never go to court or never threaten legal action uh, or appeal these things because they know that actually uh, what the appearance at, at the very least of good governance is is worth uh, is worth 10 times more than whatever they'll lose through paying off a fine uh, and that they listen that whereas in the UK um, as soon as there were, there were salary cap issues the clubs were talking about taking uh, taking the view premiership to court it was Stupid! Um, you're bet. destroying the game. It, yeah. um, and it's it's a very it's a very short term view yeah. by the club, um, and so that's that's the kind of thing. Whereas, and I don't I say again, we have too many we have too many countries, we have too many clubs that uh, that are thinking of themselves rather than what is now, actually look, good for all of us for the long term. Yeah, you, you look. I mean, you say you. you you look at rugby in our southern hemisphere, you look at rugby in the northern hemisphere, there's a lot of club interest and the reality is that they don't realise it's like, okay, a salary cap there is there to make the teams level. If the teams are level, you actually have a better competition and there's more interest in the competition. If you don't have a salary cap, you're going to have a club that goes and buys, pays everybody $1.5 million a year each and has the best players in their team and nobody's going to beat them and then nobody's going to watch it and you don't have a competition. The other thing on that is the best example you can have at the moment, not necessarily a great one and one that Trump fans will absolutely hate, or Trump haters will hate I should say, is obviously what's happening with American football and the fact that the the whatever you want to call the uh, governance layer has mandated that any player who takes a knee or sits during the national anthem or doesn't sing the national anthem, whatever they're supposed to do, will be fined or will not have a contract. And all the owners of the clubs have come on board. And you've got to, when you look at the number of clubs there are, there's got to be one owner that's going to say, no, I agree with the players protesting and their right to free speech and that. Uh, but they haven't, but one, they've one, all come on board, haven't they? No, they haven't. One, one, one of the owners has come out and said that I will pay the fines for anyone who takes the knee. Yeah. Yeah, right. But it's it's it's, it's, so, it's um you got one owner, but in 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 with how many others that are saying that we know because when it first happened, there were a number of owners that said I back my players, and yeah. that's all of a sudden flipped, hasn't it? So you're saying that there's only one owner left that will actually stand by his players now. I've heard one of that, one of, yes, he was one of the ones that actually stood with his players, linked arms during the uh, during last season. I, I, I must, I'm not following it too closely. I just happened to spot that one on on social media. Right. Um, that he was saying. So I don't know what the, the stances of, of all the other the other uh, owners are. All the other owners are. But yeah, I know that, that in this case, and I think it is the exception rather than the rule, though, that he has that one of the owners has stepped out of line and said, yeah. I, "I sorry, but uh, I'm, I'm going to back this." And I understand why he's doing it. Um, from there, there's both from a, a social, a social point moral point of view, but also from moral. an economical yeah. point of view as well. Um, he he has various sponsors he needs to keep as well for his club, and uh, so hopefully it is just purely for the moral point of view. But I can also see that yes, there are uh, there are sponsorship issues as well that some of these clubs might uh, might need to be wary of, as we've seen with um, the Israel Flau thing going on as well. Anyway. Um, it was kind of it was yes it, it, it wasn't it kind of telling that uh, 
soon after Israel Folau came in out and made his one of his comments that not long afterwards um, Curtly Beale got a uh, suddenly became a uh, Range Rover or Land Rover Range slash Range Rover um, ambassador. I wonder how oh, they freed up the uh, the budget for that one. <laughs> um, they started selling more cars. Oh, oh, totally, absolutely. They suddenly <laughs> found that yes, or <laughs> suddenly the, the, the rugby fan base was buying more and more cars, and that uh, yes, <laughs> I think they might have they might, they might have removed somebody off the books. Um, <laughs> so they kind of, uh, I guess, yeah, just come on from this one. But does New Zealand rugby care about the fans' match day experience, or is it all about TV and sponsors? Oh, look, as a um, rugby fan in this country, I do feel that the NZRFU um, has really forgotten about their true fans. Um, it is about the dollar, it is about the sponsors and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, look, yeah, I, I, I don't agree with some of the direction that the New Zealand Rugby Union's taking. And I, I sort of think that they're, they're, there's, I suppose their view is that they're trying to make, the, uh, make hay while the sun shines. Because um, maybe they know that eventually one day the All Blacks aren't going to be at the top of the tree. Um, if professional rugby goes the way that every other rug- professional sport goes, you will not be able to keep all your All Blacks at home. Um, and then it'll be a case of whether you'll have access to them from overseas. Now, t- t- straight away here, I-, I don't believe that actually um, supporting and engaging your the match day players mean necessarily means spending lots more money um, or doing it a lot or, or doing things very differently uh, just give you some ideas as to a a league that that's um, just set up so major league rugby in the usa uh, so for the the uh, the seattle seawalls have uh, they've only got a, i think the the, the ground here holds five thousand um so look it's not a big it's not a big ground but um for their three three or four home games they've had this season uh, they've sold out every single game. They've sold out all their season tickets um, as well. After the first game, the owner came out and said, uh, "We understand we made some mistakes. Uh, we, well, no, we've had, we, not, not made mistakes. Um, we've learned some things from our first game. So for the second game and onwards, there will be more food trucks. There will be more this. There will be more that. More the other." And he came out and listed the things where their match day experience hadn't been perfect on, the, on on day one and how they're going to improve it. Another one of the uh, uh, franchises also came out and said something similar. Here's the stuff that's, that's wrong, uh, that, that isn't up to scratch from our first game. We're going, to rep- rep- imp- we're going to improve the first three in the next game. The other ones will improve over the season, um, and we're working on them. You never hear anything like that come out of any of the Super Rugby franchises um, at all. Uh, the the Sunwolves have 1,500... 1, sorry, not the um, The Seawolves have 1,500... Um, season ticket holders and after their second game they phoned every single season ticket holder and asked them for their views on how they'd done in the first two games have you ever had a phone call from the blues <laughs> no no not at all and in fact um quite the reverse in this this year and last year in fact is that as a season ticket holding member of actually getting less than somebody who pays less for their season ticket so my my my, um, my fan experience has actually diminished. Yeah, they've moved because they've got to move the they've got to move the the, uh, the ownership the the members' rooms and all that kind of stuff. So it's just not accessible. Anymore. No, it wasn't. Or, it's um. So if you buy a rugby first ticket, what have I got? I've got a rugby first, which includes uh, All Blacks and uh, uh, Blues and uh, NPC, and then you as a Blues fan, you can just buy a True Blues pass. A True Blues supporter. Will get free gifts. Pays $120, I think, a year. I pay something like about $350, $400 a year, and I don't get a gift anymore. Uh, it's look, it's small. It's not a big thing. I don't buy a season ticket to get a gift, but it's just wrong. <laughs> it is wrong. You're right, um, and that's uh, so. They're not doing that. Uh, if you look at the uh, NRL. The teams work together off the pitch, but they compete on the pitch, um, mm. and they have a combined. I, I don't feel that coming from the Super Rugby franchises, and it's definitely not across country between countries. The uh, um, as well, one of the things that the Major League Rugby is saying is you have to either own your stadium or have control of the stadium, and I think that's one of the big big problems 
we have in the way that Southern Hemisphere rugby is set up is that none of the club, none of the organisations own their stadium, so they have limited control over what they can do. Uh, one of the problems, one of the things that um, uh, that the Blues had, they used to have a a ship on on some or they, they showed a trailer that looked like a ship, didn't they? And they had Captain what's his name messing around. Bluebeard. Who? Sorry. Bluebeard. Bluebeard. There we are, Captain Bluebeard. Um, and then Eden parked around and said, "Oh, sorry, you're not allowed to take it on the pitch anymore." And so, so suddenly they've got this 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 this, this Bluebeard um, trailer boat. To, to, that they that they, were, that they wanted to use during uh, during sort of half time and pre game, and Eden Park said, "Sorry, you can't drive it on the pitch because it'll damage the grass." And that kind of stuff doesn't help uh, if you and you do kind of feel that that, that yeah, the kind of there isn't the cooperation between the stadium owners and the organisations to get a to get a better product out there for the fans. Whereas Look, I mean, even in that uh, in that sense, I mean, you know, one of the things that uh, you know um, most of the rugby fans want to see is back in the day, you used to see like an under under a Colts game, uh, the, the Bees game, and then you went into the main game sort of thing, and um, people want to come along and watch those early games, but there's just no early games anymore, and and uh, the occasional time where they have a curtain raiser, it finishes the sort of two years before the main game starts. And so you're now twiddling your thumbs for a mass amount of time waiting for the main event. And this is farcical. Eden Park has got the... the outer Oval. The Outer Oval, which is behind one of the stands. Uh, so the, the, the teams could easily warm up on the Outer Oval. They don't have to warm up on the actual pitch itself. They could warm up on there, go back into the, into, into the, into the changing rooms uh, and come out straight after the other game had finished. Um, yeah. We're going to take another commercial break while I uh, fix, the, uh, fix the fire. And remember, while you're listening, while you're watching, to click the likes, pick the stars, five stars, because there are other stars available. But why would you want to? Also, if you're listening on your po- uh, on a listening to a podcast, make sure you subscribe so that it automatically ends up in your favourite app. Hey, I'm getting better at this. <laughs> and here's Paul. You know what's great is when you see someone laughing at their own jokes. <laughs> Nobody else is going to laugh at them. <laughs> Very true. Uh, I'm going to have to listen back to the recording to see what you've been saying while you said. dashing off, um, <laughs> staking the fire. Oh, dear me. So, yeah, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, so basically, we don't believe that the, the New Zealand rugby and the actual, uh, also Super Rugby franchise themselves, uh, don't ha- aren't. Uh, don't, don't really care about the. We're not making much effort into the match day experience. Really, getting a bunch of dancers to dance in the middle of the pitch when there's just twelve of them and there, and we're on an oval pitch like you get at um, Eden Park. It, they're so far away. Whatever. Well, you know, um, you know, you know the, the most stupid thing about that is, is it's like, okay, look, um, some people do like the cheerleaders, but why not do it like the American colleges and have the um, the cheerleading squads that like. Well, throw each other in the air and, and actually do acrobatics and the like, which will, you know, and do that sort of thing. And you've got a mixed squad, so you're keeping the PC brigade happy. Um, it, but it is actually entertaining. I mean, there's a whole competition around cheerleading squads now, as opposed to just some people in pom-poms and doing some pretty basic nightclub dancing on the uh, field. Yeah, and I, 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 I do enjoy... I think we also need to have... Uh, different culture, different character of the uh, of the different um, at the different places. Uh, I like the fact that in the Major League Rugby already, one of them has uh, the the uh, Nola, so New Orleans, have got themselves a little brass band uh, in the stand because hey, Nola uh, being in New Orleans, New Orleans jazz. Uh, let's have a bit of music um, going on between things. Uh, so yeah, the cow- I-, I love the cowbells down in in. in um, Crazy in Hamilton, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm one of the few because it's different. It's not the same as going to a different place as, as as all the other places. Um, I like the idea of the zoo. I want to buy one zoo. I want to go into. The, I want to go down to Hamilton, uh, down to sort downtown, down to Dunedin, and stand in the zoo in my onesie just because it's different. It's different. Um, the, uh, the 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 one. Um, my St. Cup team I really want to go to 
but unfortunately I think it's, they don't do it anymore, uh, is the Manamatsu Turbos, and I want to get a green bucket and wear that on my head. Because no, they still do that. Uh, do. The old bucket heads still turn up. Um, yep, with the green bucket. When's the last time you were at Yuri Manawatu for a game? When was, I don't think I've ever been down there. Right, road trip. Road trip, road trip. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I like that difference. I like to have something something that's that's uh, uh, that's unique. Have a bit of uh, and not having it just being just like every other um, ground yep. in the country. The irony is is that when you look at it um, through New Zealand rugby, the three slash four major provinces, the major major teams in terms of size, let's call it, not necessarily success, but they're the most boring. Yes. <laughs> You pick out, you'll pick out whether it's the Crusaders or Canterbury, Wellington or the Lions, Auckland or the Blues. You go along to the game and you sit there and you clap politely, politely, and uh, that's about it, really. Yeah, I much more enjoy going down to a counties game than yeah. uh, than an Auckland game. A, yeah, because on a nice rainy rainy night, you can slide down that hill in the mudslide. Awesome. Well, <laughs> 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 no, I, 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 I splash out when I go to there, and I, I do buy a stand ticket. So, so yeah, the only bit that's covered. But <laughs> the grounds about the grounds are the right size. You feel people are there because of the actual real rugby. Uh, whereas mm-hmm. Eden Park, uh, you could be ten seats away from somebody else and sit on your own and have a whole section to yourself because it's a. 40-odd thousand people see at Size Stadium. They only open up one stand. Uh, Maybe you should shower before you go to the game, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you see, that's that's the great thing about being down in Pocono for the counties. They're all farmers. They don't... uh, Pukekoe! (laughs) Pukekoe, not Pocono. Pukekoe, sorry. Um, (laughs) Oh, dear. Now, I'm looking forward to being a season ticket holder for the uh, in Taranaki, uh, so I might have to get myself a yellow and black... um, uh, you know, yeah, yellow and black t- jersey. The problem is that it's too cold to wear it anyway. Because, or you do wear it, but it's under so many layers, no one ever sees it. So, <laughs> no, that's why you get a like a XL or double XL, so you can put it over the top of your jacket. True. Now, uh, Swan Dry, if you're watching, really, really, really need Swan Dry. Yellow and black Swan Dry, yellow and black swan dry with the the logo on. You already do a blue and black one. You already do a red and black one. So yeah, you got Auckland. You've got. Canterbury sorted out. Um, you've got a green one as well. You've got Manu, you've got Manawatu sorted. But come on, let's get those. Uh, let's get those. And I saw. I'm sure I've seen yellow and black swan dries. I'm sure I've seen them. This is something I have investigated seriously uh, and, yeah. and in depth. They do. They make green and black, red and black, and blue and black. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? We've moved on to swan dries. So there we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack, is the stand fixed yet in Ter- is in Terek yet? No, it's not. Um, so uh, I don't think they'll be opening up the uh, the, <laughs> the the earthquake uh, danger stand. Um, you're going to get your accreditation so you can go do some investigative journalism and um, and go find out when they're planning to get that stand opened up again. Okay, I will try and get a credit. So I'll send them an email tomorrow. There we go. How's that? <laughs> Um, Andre, um, I can wear that B jersey, Paul. Um, <laughs> oh, dear me. Thinking B! Thinking B! Thinking B. It's a bull, it's not a B. Jeez, it's not... Uh, this isn't, um, oh, what's it? Uh, buzzy B. It's not a buzzy B. Well, it's a B. Um, anyway, in Kiwi jokes for you, brought to you by an English Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly for our foreign friends. <laughs> so... Um, I didn't copy the the list of games into the uh, into the notes. Have to, are you aware of the games this weekend, or should I read them out to you? No, I think we we do what we've been doing recently. And are we are we going to go through to a prediction or no 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 no, no we're going to the game our game of the game, the game of the round. What, what, what are you looking forward to this week? Do you know what yeah, they are, or, or should I read them out to you? No no no, I, I know oh, the yeah, game. You know the games, okay? Yeah, because the, the Crusaders are playing the Chiefs. Okay, I so that'll. So, so, yeah, so, so that we get Ashwin to get them get, get the right way round, I'll read them out to the people, for those who are listening who don't know them all. Go. So, Highlanders versus the Hurricanes, uh, Blues versus Rebels, Chiefs versus Crusaders, not Crusaders, Chiefs, uh, Reds okay. versus Tars, and Brumbies versus Summers. So, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Under 20s, starting. 
Chiefs Crusaders, um, you know, I, I think it'll be an interesting, that'll, that'll be, yeah. Uh, just hope that the weather's holding out at the moment. Weather's looking good. As long as the weather's good, then I think we should get a good battle out there at uh, in Hamilton. Obviously, you know, there's a couple other good games happening too, isn't it? You just mentioned the Highlanders, Hurricanes, even the Reds, Waratahs, because Reds, Waratahs, just they usually end up being pretty dire games to watch in terms of quality. But let's face it, they really hate each other and they like smashing each other up, which is like what we like to see from Australians. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Highlanders canes under the roof. None of this messing around with with, with water stuff um, that falls from the sky. Uh, so that's going to be good um, the, in, in the Tupperware container, obviously. So looking forward to that one. I do like uh, yeah, that's. I, I don't think the, uh, the I think the Highlanders Highlanders are struggling a little bit at the moment. So that's um, so I don't get much of a chance. But yeah, that that should be a that, that should be a cracker on Friday night. Um, just going to just trying to quickly find the, uh, the the table, the current standings, because uh, as you say, um, Reds versus Tars, uh, uh, where the where it is, the, 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 so the Tars are on 30, what, 31 points, Rebels on thirty, Blues versus Rebels. Uh, can the Blues actually uh, string together five passes hey, to look, get a win? I'll throw out my classic predictions line: A, eh? I'll Blues by twenty, <laughs> <laughs> and, and this time it should be real. <laughs> so. <laughs> So it's between it's definitely between the Tars and the Rebels in that in that uh, in that conference. So with only one point in it, yeah, uh, the Tars are going to really want that that that, uh, that win over the the Reds. Um, but as you say that's going to be a scrappy affair, uh, one for the rugby purist maybe. Um, and then yeah, can the Rebels get over the Blues because that's uh, it's going to be big. With just one point in it, that's uh, that's that's going to be big. Um, interesting that. Uh, so the, here's the rebels. Um, the rebels have a minus six points difference at the moment. The Waratahs, one point ahead of them, have a plus fifty three points difference. Um, <laughs> slight, uh, <laughs> the, the, the variation there. Yeah. Slight mm, variation mm. there. Yes. The and, and it's what, what you're seeing is that those that all those bonus points rebels picked up early in the season really have uh, have have counted towards them here five. Uh, they've got five try, five five try winning bonus points from their six wins. is um, is pretty impressive stuff for them. Unfortunately, uh, getting only one losing bonus point from six losses shows that they get absolutely stuffed when uh, if they don't win. They, yeah, <laughs> they throw their toys out of the cot when they're losing. <laughs> no, I don't want to play. I'm going home. Um, oh, yes, the Blues are at home. Blues are at home. Yep. yep. It's five o'clock kickoff, uh, by the way, for those people. So, uh, you know, don't turn up at 7.30 and turn on the Wizard Blues. <laughs> this is the family <laughs> game of the round, of the season. Oh, jeez, it drives, drives me insane. This is like they long weekend and we put a Blues game on at Eden Park. So, um... I won't be there. You won't be there? No. Off camping in this nice cold weather? Yeah, nah. <laughs> My hol- my holiday house up in the Hamptons. Oh, fabulous! Very nice. Um, <laughs> oh dear me! So, uh, not a bad show for for one where we didn't have any have any questions or any ideas what we're going to talk about until about uh, half an hour before the show. I think pretty yeah, good. well, it's sort of we 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 are um, we, we're hitting a bit of a um, spot where we're really waiting um, for that international season to kick off, and then obviously once the internationals are over. A serious time in the Super Rugby, isn't it? Because it's like the last few games, jockeying for position for the ones that are in the finals, um, and seeing whether they can finish higher up the ladder or manipulate a position to play the Tars. Um, and so that's you know that's really it's sort of in a holding pattern at the moment. It is a bit of a holding pattern. Uh, really looking forward to the international window, especially uh, South Africa. So. Um, South Africa, England is going to be a good tour, and then um, Australia, Ireland should be a good tour. Uh, New Zealand, France. <laughs> if the All Blacks don't win it three 0 then it's going to be a joke, really. Let's be honest. Uh, but um, but anyway, but Arthur and I will be back hopefully with um, Steve from Cornflakes Crib tomorrow night to talk all things All Blacks, um, and maybe we can get Arthur to wear his All Blacks jersey. Never know. Or be, anyway, yes. either way, he'll say he's wearing it, and he'll be wearing a coat over the top, so we won't be able to see it anyway because it's just so cold in New Zealand at the moment. And I'll be up this close to the camera, and so you won't be able to see anything. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, Andre. Uh, so Andre, no, oh dear, come on, Ashwin. <laughs> People know they can talk to you about rugby outside of the 
<laughs> between them. So you could find me at NZ Fatso on Twitter, and we can talk about all things rugby and politics, and I'll see you there, 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 there. <laughs> I've been Paul, the guy behind driving more, your best place for Twitter predictions and opinion. Um, yep, don't, uh, uh, up for rugby chats, go leave your comments down below. Um, don't forget to hit that like, like button, subscribe, all of that lovely stuff. And if you do want to have an email once a week from me with all of my stuff in it, then do check out the pinned comment uh, below because the link's right there. Enjoy whatever you're watching and do join us tomorrow night for the All Blacks Rugby, uh, sorry, the Driving Mall All Blacks edition. <laughs>